Hey, what's up coaches? It's July. We're halfway through our camp season coming at you with another podcast. Joined with Eric Voris today. Hello. What's up, man? Oh, nothing. Just just living the dream. Yep. Uh, July in Phoenix. So couldn't be happier. <laughs> My attitude gets worse in August. Uh, by September, I'm ready to move every single year. <laughs> but then February comes around. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I live here. This is great. Well, we're halfway through the camp season. Hopefully it's been awesome. I'm sure it has. No doubt. Thousands of kids and students have come. Yeah. Decisions have been made. We're not even done yet. So there's more decisions to be made. It's going to be wonderful. That's right. That's right. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about how to follow up. Probably one of the most underrated but important things that coaches do as a part of the camp uh, responsibility. Yes. And we, we forget it, all of us, myself included, because camp, as you know, if, if you're right now listening to this, you just got back from camp. It is exhausting. Yes. So Jared, what is your, like, we've been doing this, what we do for a living for a long time. Surely you have a ritual by now. You come home, you step off the bus or out of your car, like you're home after what feels like months at camp. What do you, what's your ritual? What's your go-to? Yeah, different situations over the years, but we've learned to make sure that our kids are not at our house when we get home from camp for at least 14 hours. That's a pro tip. Because we need to sleep about that long. (laughs) So I'm probably swinging by Chipotle. Of course. Because anybody who knows me, that's where I'm going. It's an unhealthy addiction. We're trying to get him help. He won't listen. (laughs) I'm slamming a burrito. I'm probably laying on the couch for all of 30 minutes, uh, letting it settle. And then I'm going into hibernation. Just straight to sleep. Yep. That is, uh, yeah, I usually come home. My children are there. Love them. I've missed them. I greet them with as much energy as I can still muster. Uh, I eat some gigantic meal, put them to bed. And then I turn something on the TV. It doesn't even matter what. My wife can pick. Everyone can have a British accent. I don't care. But it's it's on just so I can like mentally check out for four minutes and then I fall asleep to that show and yes. I'm out for the rest of the night. Yep. Yep. That's a perfect time to watch Pride and Prejudice. Sure. Something. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, I can't. What are they? What's happening? What, Mr. Who? What's going on? I don't care. Oh, well. And then I'm asleep. That's how, that's, that is my, that is me watching any British drama that my wife has turned on. (laughs) Sorry, not trying to throw shade to England. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. All of this is, leads us to you coaches just got back from camp. You're absolutely wiped. You need to recover. That is healthy. That is good. But once you get some sleep and, uh, you know, a couple of poops in your own bathroom under your belt, so to speak, uh, then comes the the follow-up process with your students. And it is a crucial piece of, of camp. Like it, it, if you leave that off the table, uh, camp is missing something for sure. That's right. That's right. So we're just going to hit on a few things that we believe every coach can do to follow up really well. The first and by far the most important thing has everything to do with baptisms. The number one reason that we go to camp is so that students will make first-time decisions to trust Jesus. And we know that the first immediate next step after making that decision should be baptism. And the reason why we don't do that at camp usually is because we want 
their whole family to be a part of that. And we want to honor parents because we're working with teenagers who still live under mom and dad's household. So we don't want to steal that opportunity from families. We want families to be a part of this decision, but we want to schedule baptisms as soon as possible. So we have scheduled baptism dates on all of our campuses, but those don't have to be the only option. Sometimes it just needs to happen quickly and you can facilitate that. So I just want to remind you coaches, when it comes to uh, students who make decisions at camp, I'm fully confident that hundreds of students right now have already made decisions from our high school camp. But how many of those students will actually get in the water, the decision to baptism ratio, if you will, largely depends on you. It depends on if you are following up with your, uh, your students who made first-time decisions, who took a knee at camp, and you're helping them get to the water. You're helping them understand what that means. You are helping them coordinate with their families. You're texting, and you're just on them. And, man, I don't want to make this sound, like, annoying, but sometimes you have to be the squeaky wheel to get them to the baptistry. And that's just, it's human nature. It's not that they don't believe in Jesus. It's just they lack motivation because they're teenagers. So be the squeaky wheel. Don't be afraid that you're going to offend somebody. Uh, be uh, be bold in this and really uh, push the issue because because we really we know that that is a formative part of following Jesus. So we want to we want to make that happen. Anything you want to add to that? No, yeah, that's the, just to echo, it's, you're not being pushy. It's not that our students, the students who have made decisions, like no longer believe. It's that baptism is this extra step. It's this, an ancient ritual. If you look at the, if a kid has grown up outside the church and suddenly sees this happening, no frame of reference for what is this? I don't, I don't get it. And so uh, it's easy for students to just, well-meaning, Jesus-loving students to just let stuff get in the way of baptism, you know, I've got football camp or I'm tired, I'm kind of busy now or whatever. They still want to follow Jesus. They just, this step doesn't always make sense to them. So by helping explain, helping remind, helping, helping knock down some of those barriers that they have, um, you can, you can honestly be the difference between whether they follow through with that or not. That's right. That's right. Awesome. So go get them. It really depends on you coaches. If you, if you really take nothing else away, I'm not trying to like throw Eric's content under the bus here or anything else I have to say in this podcast. If you take nothing else away, let's be bold to help every student who makes a decision at camp this year, make it to the water. Yep. Love that. Uh, a few other things that we can do to follow up that are also important, but yep. yeah, we would unashamedly say baptism is the number one, uh, is a, a post-camp hang. So you spent a, a handful of days with these guys or these girls uh, growing growing close, unifying, becoming this cohesive group, uh, and then they're still on summer vacation. Yeah, uh, they, they go back to their lives. They're, I don't know, and they're either doing a bunch of sports stuff or they're just sitting at home gaming and watching TikTok all day or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it, by the time this airs, TikTok might not be a thing. I don't know. They're doing <laughs> something. Uh, but man, get the band back together. Like, hey guys, it's been a couple weeks. I've been praying for you. I've been thinking about you. Uh, miss you guys. Let, let's hang out. Let's have a pool party. Let's have a barbecue. Let's go to Baskin Robbins. I, you know, I, whatever your group is into or whatever you're into, 
just do another uh, hang, spend a few hours just being together, reminiscing. It's another great time to, to slip in some follow-up conversations, to do a pool party and baptize the kids you need to get baptized. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, just, just get back together and, and continue to enjoy the relationships that you've already developed at camp. Yep, that's right. Our student ministry needs to be fun. It really needs to be fun. So uh, let's just extend it a little bit. I think that's great advice post-camp hang. Another great way and, and really strategic way that you can follow up is with parents. So the students who made decisions at camp, uh, oftentimes those decisions don't make their way back to full clarity with mom and dad because typically, you know, they get in the car after they get picked up from the bus at the end of camp and mom and dad are like, how was camp? And they're like, it was great. End of conversation. Yep. And <laughs> 14 hours later, they wake up and they're back to playing video games and mom and dad are off to the next thing. So we need to help relay information, sharing the win of what happened at camp with moms and dads. And that's where you as the coach can get really strategic. A simple email that maybe you split the emails up with your co-coach. So you're taking seven or eight emails, your co-leader's taking seven or eight emails, and maybe you have a shell that you're you're attaching, you're copy and pasting in every email, uh, letting parents know how the week of camp was, sharing a cool story that happened, and reminding the parents that you're there as the coach to support their child in their faith journey. But then maybe you can just add a couple sentences that you're just personalizing each email and telling the mom or dad, uh, hey, Johnny made this decision at camp. He made a first-time decision at camp. It was amazing. I was so proud of him. And now I'm here to help. Johnny's next step is baptism. Are you guys interested in putting a date on the calendar? We have this date already. I can do it anytime. You know, just put a few sentences in there to help that family know that you're there to walk alongside them in their child taking their next step. So a simple email, don't overthink it, but it could go a long ways in helping follow up really well. Yeah, and helps clue parents in to like, no, I, Johnny's been home for four days. He hasn't said anything about that. Well, yeah, that's life with a teenager. That's right. Uh, but it can spark a follow-up conversation between parents and their kid and yeah, helps follow up. It's, it's a great move. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't take a ton of time. Yeah. Uh, final thing. I mean, there's a lot you could do to follow up, but final thing we're going to talk about, yep. uh, is your group reading the Bible together? Like hopefully we spent some days together. We did a lot of Bible stuff because you know, it's camp. Um, but the simplest way we do this a lot throughout the year as part of our series, but and following up from camp, you have students who are probably the most motivated. They'll be all year long. There's that camp high. There's whatever you want to call it. They are, they are into following Jesus and really putting effort behind it right now. So capitalize on that. Uh, we produce a lot of version Bible reading plans. Uh, we have one specifically that's it's called Changed. It's designed specifically for a student who made a first-time decision to get baptized or to follow Jesus at camp. What do they do now? Here's this 21-day plan. So it's kind of beefy, but uh, designed to just walk them through. Here's, here's what this means. Uh, and even students who have made a decision years ago, it's, it's a good plan to, to just take them through. So just 
as a, as a coach, like find that, find that plan or find another plan that you think would interest your group, invite them all to read it together. You can, you can chat with, if you haven't done it before, super easy, but you can chat as a group within the plan. Uh, and it just gets you guys reading the Bible together. It has some built-in accountability with that just continues the spiritual growth um, and starts to, to, to set a precedent that you could finish that plan and p- students are into it. So you'd let another student just, Hey, you pick the next plan and they pick it and you all go through as a group and you can build this habit into their lives and even into your kind of communal life as a group uh, that just, uh, just, just great things. You can take the momentum of camp and try to carry it as far into the year as you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all stewards of God's word. It's the most powerful tool to guide our students and we got to really empower them uh, to read it and teach them how to do that. That's what, that's what we do as coaches. So try some new things and uh, don't, don't skip out. Don't skip on God's word. It is, it is an anchor for you as a coach with your students. So that's really it. We don't want to overcomplicate it for you coaches. We know that you're busy and we just want to say thank you. Thank you for a great camp season. And I know we've got we've got junior high camp left. So a bunch of you are getting ready to go there and I hope you'll follow up really, really well because it really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Come back and re-listen to this podcast in a couple of weeks after junior high camp and, and take all the same steps. That's right. That's right. We love you coaches. Hope you have an awesome 4th of July. Great junior high camp. And we'll see you in August. Remember, when the coach gets better, the whole student ministry gets better. <laughs>